Hello all and welcome to another episode of Your One Black Friend. I'm your host, Joe Lee, and you can call me Joe. So today is going to be an intermission, a mini cast episode. We've been having technical difficulties with edits over the last couple of weeks. If you guys have noticed, episodes have kind of trailed off, but not to worry, we are working on it and we should have some regular episodes coming to you soon. In the meantime, I thought I wanted to record this episode really quickly to talk about something that I've learned over the last couple of days. And that is that peace is priceless, which you guys knew that, but I don't think you really have stopped with the thought of how priceless peace is because of how quickly we give that up. And the second thing is that submission can be an act of dominance. Let's start with me. I've had issues in the past um, of having quite a bit of a temper. It's something that I meditate on. It's something that I've worked on. It's something that I've talked about throughout the podcast. It's something that I know I need to work on because it will be the bane of my existence should I not get it under control. I'm very sensitive to signs of like disrespect. And for whatever reason, when somebody says something, my go-to reaction isn't just to stand down. My go-to reaction is let's fucking go. Like, <laughs> like I wake up like ready to go. I don't know if it's an issue because of my height. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm Nigerian. I don't know if it's because I'm a Virgo. I don't, I don't know. But the thing is that all of these things are aspects that are out of my control. But what I do need to control is myself. It's a conscious and intentional control of myself. And so over the last years, few years, I've been working on, okay, how do I reel this in? How do you go against your programming? The reason why this is important to me is because every time I do a natal chart on like friends or like, you know, family, like people I meet, the 10 times out of 10, whenever there is issues, whenever the natal chart says like, okay, these are challenging aspects, it's usually my fault. <laughs> Like consistently, it's always like power struggles will occur because Joe is too dominant. And like, I've seen that so many times. I'm like, am I the drama? Like how, why does this keep coming up? I'm a sweetheart. I am a sweetheart and it's true. But like, I guess I'm, I'm just always like, let's fucking go. And even the way that I talk, like my partner has always said to me, my husband, he's like, Joe, like the way you talk, is just like, you're like, it's very like just like ah you know and I'm like I'm Nigerian that's how we talk I don't even talk hard like Nigerian like for those of you who know Nigerians like I'm calm <laughs> all right but it's taken me the last couple of like weeks of just like actively listening to what people are saying about me not caring like I don't give a fuck what people have to say about me but sometimes people can see things about you that you can't see and if you want to like improve yourself it's worth listening to what they're saying you don't have to internalize it but to hear what they're saying about you, because sometimes, um, a lot of the times people can see aspects about you that you can't always see. People can see things about you that you can't always perceive, right? Like we don't ever see our face. So I'm looking at, I don't know why I look at the camera when I do that, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at the camera. I'm looking at this camera. I'm looking at a mirror over there, but I will never, unless I like escape my body and look like as a ghost or something like that. But for the most part, under normal circumstances anyway, I will not be able to see myself the way other people see my face. I've grown up seeing my reflection in pictures and you know through glass, like in a mirror or this, that, and the other, but I can't see myself. So we're kind of bound to each other. Like we have to work with each other. And so part of it is that when people keep saying the same thing about you, you know, you kind of want to listen. 
<laughs> and if you want to change, it's fine. If you don't, you don't. I don't mind being a dominant person um, because I feel like it gets me to where I need to go. But I would like to be a little bit more like in control of my own self. You know what I mean? So that's what I've been actively working on, especially since like when you talk about natal charts, if it's consistently saying like, okay, Joe is like dominant or domineering or can be, you know, controlling, <laughs> control issues. Like if that shit keeps popping up, that tells me like, okay, this is part of my programming because of when I was born and I don't want to be a, like a slave to that. I don't want to be enslaved. I don't want to be doing something because of where and when I was born. Like that's, to me, a type of chain. Like I'm just like acting like my programming. Somebody had said to me a long time ago, they said that you're, when you look up your, like your astrology or your sign or whatever, and it says that these are all the things that you are because you're Scorpio or whatever, the negative stuff, like those are the things you're supposed to like challenge and like get better at. And I think they implied also that you're supposed to change these aspects of yourself. I don't, know if I want to change myself because I like that I can be critical so long as it's constructive because being critical allows me to like shape things the way I think are good because I can see what's wrong with certain things but it helps me improve relationships it helps me improve my videos it helps me include improve my painting my art just it helps me think critically so the critical aspects of being a Virgo I don't have a problem with Um, I think on the opposite end, it can lend itself to a certain level of perfectionism, but that's one of the things that, yes, I should probably work on. Like you don't have to move towards like making things perfect. Good enough is good enough. If you guys have heard me say, but the rest it's like, okay, I don't have to be like this person, um, or I could be like a gentler version of that. Maybe I could give a bit quick side note. I have talked to people who, when you mention natal charts, they go, oh, you believe in that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's to me, the most surefire way to advertise your ignorance. It's usually men. I'm not bashing men, but it's usually men. Women tend to be more open to this stuff and they've usually not even tried it. The men that kind of dismiss it. The thing that bothers me the most is that it's a lot of like hyper-masculine men. Like they just want to like dismiss something because it's it's considered a, f- a feminine practice. But men, these are also the same men, I should say, that are in really... <laughs> into like history or they're constantly thinking about Rome as a going meme is you talking about. So you're, they're into things like, you know, like Spartacus and Alexander the Great and 300 and, you know, ancient Mesopotamia, that kind of stuff. So the history of it, but they fail to realize that like Alexander the Great, ancient Mesopotamia, the ancient Egyptians, they use this stuff. Like kings would consult with their astrologers who were also male, who would study the charts to pr- prepare for war. So for you to dismiss it now because of its association with femininity is just like, to me, like, once again, you're just like broadcasting your own ignorance. Um, and that's on you. The other group of people that I find have an issue with the natal charts are Christian. And that's another sort of weird thing to me because their Messiah was visited by three magis who are magicians. That's where magi comes from. You guys have heard me talk about this before. If you look up the etymology of the word magi, it has its ties to astrologers, the Middle Eastern like magicians from the East. I don't think people realize like what people believe now is so far removed and so divorced from what the ancient Hebrews and the ancient Israelites believed thousands of years ago when these books were written. And like even concepts like hell, like 
it's always funny when I get comments right before I delete them, when they sit, tell me that I'm going to hell and it's like, I, I'm not going to hell because hell didn't exist. Hell comes from like Nordic mythology and hell is just like a place that was like an afterlife. If you didn't, if you didn't die in battle in Valhalla, you went to hell and hell was sort of like controlled by Hela, which is like a goddess. And it was just the feminine version of Hades. Like it's, and also this is mythology. It's not a real place. Like <laughs> grow up. Right. <laughs> it's like, before you talk to me about something, you want to tell me that my belief is wrong. You're espousing your own ignorance of what you have bet your entire life and future existence on. Don't come for me because I didn't send for you. I don't come to your church to tell you that your belief is wrong. Don't come on my shit to tell me what I'm talking about is wrong when you clearly don't even know what you're talking about. You see, this is a dominance thing that I need to work on because I don't have to fight. Not everything has to be a fight. Anyway, peace is priceless. I was having a conversation with my cousin today. Actually, I started out with a conversation I was having with my friend Matt and we were talking about how like, what did he say? He was like, when you get into altercations with people, you don't always have to fight. Sometimes you just, it's not worth it. You just have to like walk away because part of why that person wants to fight is because they're an unhappy person. And so if you engage with them, then they're going to make you unhappy also. Right. But if you just let them kind of be right. Yeah. Then they continue in their misery because now it's shifted from like righteous anger to this belligerent, like sense of righteousness. Like I'm right, which doesn't really bode well for them in the long run because they're crystallizing an aspect of themselves that is actually unhealthy that like oversatiated ego <laughs> that never thinks it's wrong and like by any means necessarily is willing to destroy everything and destroy like friendships and this that, and the other just so that they can be right like if they keep persisting in that behavior that's not gonna bode well for them in the long run now, i heard that and i was like that's fucking amazing and i twisted it because that's what i like to do and i was like that's the best revenge though like if you know that like the person that you're dealing with has this ego. And we all know that the ego, like our voice in our head, like that's the thing that sets up us, sets us off the most. But it's also something that causes us the greatest amount of suffering. It's that voice in your head that's just constantly talking shit, right? When you meet people with like huge egos that are easily offended, those aren't happy people. They're not. And so why should I battle with you and also trigger my ego that's gonna make me suffer in this battle of like, we've gotta be right? Right? Because even if I win on some level, I'm fucking losing because now I've got this shitty part of me, this overinflated ego that's just walking around like I'm right all the time. That's not healthy because you're not ever going to be right all the time. That's not a healthy space to be in. I've tried that where like just, oh, I'm just like a know it all all the time. This, I've had that kind of personality. And then as I've learned more as time has gone on, I'm realizing like actually it's, it's okay if you don't know everything. Like Socrates. Like one of my favorite thinkers, he's, he says, all I know is that I know nothing. And that has been like the piece for me. Like you don't have to know everything. And I think somebody asked me, they're like, you seem like the kind of person that just always wants to be like right or can never admit when they're wrong, something like that. And I think they meant it like as an insult, but I didn't take it that way. I was like, you know what? You're right. I don't like to be wrong, but if I'm wrong, do tell me because I don't like to be wrong. I'm not gonna fight to defend my righteousness or my rightness, right? If I'm having a conversation with somebody and somebody says I'm wrong, yes, of course, my my ego will get triggered. I, I, I do have that as an issue. I think we all do. 
Like nobody likes people coming up to them saying you're flat out wrong, especially with like no evidence. If I'm wrong though, come and tell me how I'm wrong and follow it up, like back it up with things that I can cite, that I can go read on my own, right? Because that will make me a better thinker and a better person so that I'm not walking around sounding ignorant because I don't like to be wrong and I don't like to sound wrong. So that means that I, in order for me to be right, I'm willing to listen and take correction and oftentimes also apologize. Now they weren't expecting me to say all of that. And that's because for the last decade plus, I have been actively working on trying to soften my ego because I understand that an overinflated sense of pride and, and, and like an overfed ego is what has caused me so much levels of suffering, so much levels of suffering. And I would much rather soften that shit than be right and have that thing like dominate my life and eventually lead me to my own fall. If you look at a lot of people in history, what has caused their downfall has been their overinflated ego. So my sort of response is if I'm in an argument with somebody that I can see clearly has an overinflated ego and I don't like them, Honestly, the best thing I can do, and this is like a mind fucking little fucked up, but the best thing I could do is take a step back and go, well, you know what? You're right. Because me saying those words feeds their ego and long-term that overfed ego is going to cause them more suffering in the long run because of how destructive they will be in their relationships than this fight. And so knowing that, is way more devious, <laughs> way more satisfying. I know it's fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm not perfect. There's part of me that is a little bit fucked up, but I realized like, that's true though. Like it's a long game. <laughs> it's okay. You can judge me. It's a long game. It's a long-term play, but the rewards are sweeter than just like, you know, sometimes you got to win you got to lose a few battles to win the war. You get what I mean? So that's that's the lesson I learned from that conversation. I, I learned that, yeah, sometimes you got to like consciously and intentionally allow the person to win and take an L so that long term their ego gets bigger and bigger and will fuck them up down the road. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely better than me. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely superior. Yes. Go on. Mm-hmm. Because one time they're going to be in a situation where they don't know everything but they feel like they do and they're moving through like they do and they're gonna make moves that's gonna hurt them in the long run. I may not be there to see it, but when I have my, <laughs> when I'm out of this body, I know guys, I'm sorry. When I'm out of this body, I will be able to look back on like how my interactions with people affected their lives and I'll see that shit and I'll have a good laugh, right? The other part of this is, okay, on the more positive, so that was a dark, that was dark Joe, okay? Now here's, here's Light Joe, right? That's Joanna. This is, here's Light Joe. The other part of that is peace is priceless. And you guys have heard this expression before, but I want to like drive it in. I want to drive the story and I want to drive the message. And listen, have you ever been angry and at peace at the same time? No, you cannot feel two emotions at the same time, right? If you're at peace, if you're happy, then that's all you can be really. Like you can only be happy or angry. You can't, be both. Like you can't just like you, like you can't, you can't be both, but you can only occupy, occupy one space at a time. All right. So keep that in mind. So here's an analogy I use once when I had the conversation 
about my, that I had, I was discussing what I learned from my conversation with my friend Matt, with my friend Jay. And I said to him, I was like, okay, so check this out. Here's an analogy that I use. Like, imagine you're dealing with an angry person, right? Okay, so you got, think about an angry person that's coming at you right now, right? Most of the time when somebody's angry, you get angry too. And it's just, we're programmed to do that. You see that on TV. Like it's not, it's so subliminal. Like they're basically showing us when somebody cuts you off, be angry. When somebody's angry with you, be angry. When somebody like challenges you, fight back. Like that's that's constantly what we're being shown. Here's a different t- take to that. Here's a little twist, right? Hear this out. Imagine you're eating a nice, beautiful, like, steak and for the vegans out there let's pretend it's a nice beautiful mushroom right barbecued like with onions and pineapples just delicious okay and then somebody walks up to you and offers you a plate of shit right and their breath i'm sorry guys i just have to be and their breath is reeking of shit so you're enjoying this beautiful steak and somebody walks up to you and they've just eaten like a pile of shit and they have shit in their face and shit on their hands. And they're like, here, eat the shit, right? You only have the one mouth. So you can either continue to eat your steak or you can put your steak down and eat shit. Why would you actively and consciously eat shit? I'll go back to peace. What does peace feel like? What does happiness feel like? Feels fucking amazing. How quickly do we give up our happiness for shit? So somebody is coming to you, they're coming at you and they're like, da, 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 and they're yelling. What I'm hearing is shit. Like you're just spewing shit in my direction. And you're telling, you're trying to convince me to lay down my piece, to lay down my steak and eat your shit. I'm watching to see how this shit is affecting you. And that doesn't look pleasant. Nobody's happy when they're angry. Like your heart's racing, your heart hurts, your fucking head is throbbing, you might get a migraine. None of this is pleasant, but we will willfully put down peace to feel like shit because we're programmed to eat shit. And how is that okay? The true act of dominance is when somebody's walking up to you and they're like in your face offering you shit. You decide to remove yourself from situations because first, I don't want to smell shit on your breath. Secondly, I choose, this is, I I am choosing not to submit to your will, which is one, match your anger, because now you've eaten a plate of shit, now you want me to eat shit with you. That's an act of dominance. Like, you're trying to dominate me. You've come to me with your fucked up mood, and now you're telling me to suffer with you? No, suffer by yourself, bro. Like, I don't want that shit. You keep that shit literally the fuck away from me over there, and... I'm going to still maintain my peace. If that's not a true boss move, bro, I don't know what is. Submission can act like absolutely be an act of dominance because it shows dominance over the situation. It shows dominance over yourself. And it also shows that like, I'm not gonna allow you to infect me with a mood that I did not choose. I am not going to allow you to infect me with a mood that I did not choose. I am not going to allow you to infect me with a mood that I did not choose. I choose peace. So that in mind, I was having another conversation with a friend and they were like, they were kind of saying things that were like antagonistic and under normal circumstances because of how my personality is, my personality, I mean the personality of the ego that is Joe, under normal circumstances, I would have been triggered. And I realized like, 
I don't like being upset. <laughs> like I literally sat down like normally. Like I just honestly say the wrong thing to me. I know you guys think I'm like super sweet or whatever. And I am, I really am like 80%, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, I'm actually really chill. I said 5%. Um, but I'm like always like ready to go. And that's something I had to like sit with. Like why though? Like why does everything fucking fight with you? <laughs> Let shit go. Let it go. Right. Um, so they were like, I think they were in a bad mood. And you know, misery loves company. And so they were like talking to me and I was like, hmm, this feels shitty. I don't like the way this makes me feel. And in that moment, under normal circumstances, I would have like reacted with anger because it's almost like I'm trying to eat and you're pissing me off and now I'm mad, right? I'm trying to be in this space and now you're coming for me. So I'm yelling at you to like leave me alone so that I can like maintain my peace. This is stupid. Like it's to use a shit and, and steak analogy again. It's like I'm eating my steak, which is peace. You're coming at me with shit. And from for me to be able to enjoy my steak in peace, I somehow have to eat shit so that I can tell you to go away from me with your shitty breath. But now my breath is shitty too. And while I'm eating shit, which I don't want, it doesn't taste good. It doesn't feel good. My steak's over here getting cold. What would you do in that situation if you're trying to eat and somebody's like coming at you, but the moment you get upset, they're going to put shit in your mouth. <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to cover your mouth and you're going to go away. Like, I don't want that. I don't want that. You stay over there. I'm going to stay here away from you and I'm going to be in peace. Keeping that analogy in mind allowed me to get like out of the argument because I was like, wait, I don't, I don't want to do this. And I was just like, okay, well... I'm sorry you feel that way, um, but you know, it's all right. We can talk about this another time. It's fine. Maintaining that level. And I think they tried to antagonize me again. And I was just like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. And I'm not saying like I dominated the situation, but in case you listen to this, but I was able to maintain at least I was able to dominate myself. I was able to dominate my ego. And as I said earlier, the biggest, the biggest thing, the biggest obstacle to us in success and in like just in success in relationships, success in businesses, when you watch like stories of people, when you read, you know, biographies of people, what causes them their downfall most of the time is their own ego, feeling like they have to defend themselves right? Feeling that they have to like be a certain way and like be strong and this, that. And, and so they go through life moving in ways that they think society like, well, wants them to behave in, which once again, like even if you're blustering through life, playing a particular role that doesn't make you feel good, if you're aggressive, overly dominant, like, you know, taking advantage of people, this, that, and the other, eventually that shit will hurt you. Like it's a double-edged sword. Everything in this world is a double-edged sword. And most importantly, the more you keep feeding that ego and you allow people to feed that ego, like the more you sort of blind yourself. All right. So think about this ego is like, like something here, like a, like a little sort of blinders, right? You want to be pushing the blinders out of your eyes so you can see clearly, right? But every time you allow your, your ego to sort of like 
grow, it just gets closer and closer and closer and closer and kind of causes you to eventually have tunnel vision where you can only see reality in one way and it's quote unquote your way or the way of the ego. And 10 times out of 10, that path, you do that long enough time, you start missing blind spots. You stop, you start being unable to see things for what they are because you're just seeing things in a particular way. And that will eventually cause you to fail. Your ego is your worst enemy. It's not the person over there. It's, it's the thing in your head that's telling you that what they're saying to you is a problem. You don't have to say shit to them. <laughs> My cousin was talking to me about like fighting. He's like, if you ever get in a situation where you like run into like a girl or whatever, and she's got like ears that are kind of like, I think they're called cauliflower ears, like run. And I was like, I will never get into a fight. <laughs> why Why do you feel like you've got to tell? First of all, I'm an adult. Like, I understand that I'm tall and everything. And yes, I'm probably like super feisty. But I'm never going to put myself in a situation where I'm going to come to blows with another human being. God forbid. I have legs. They are long for a reason. I will fucking run. I will run. I will run. I will run. I will call an Uber. I will hail a taxi. I'm taking off my heels. I'm running. I don't give a fuck. Well, what about your ego? You People are going to say you. I don't give a fuck. First of all, if she, if this is a woman and she has the cauliflower ears, clearly I don't have cauliflower ears, right? So she, she's just advertising that she has more experience in either getting her ass whooped or whooping ass than I do. So why would I submit to that? Like, why? Why would I? And second, she doesn't care about her ears looking like that. I care about my ears looking like that. That's like my ears are pierced, one. And two, I don't put myself in situations repeatedly to the point where I've got to develop ears that look like that. You're telling me if I get into an altercation with somebody that's advertising that they prefer violence and they actively choose violence on a day-to-day basis, I should not engage Sir, you don't have to tell me that. Like, I, I got that. I'm not afraid of running from a fight, like a physical altercation. But now it's funny to hear that. But the second step should be, I shouldn't be afraid of running from a verbal altercation because I'll talk shit all day. But like, why? <laughs> like, I should keep that same energy for people who want like to like, fight with you verbally. Like, I don't want to fight. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if you're talking crazy to me, then you just keep talking crazy. Like, that's you. You're clearly have switched it. Yeah. Under normal circumstances, if you're talking crazy, I'm matching that energy. But the like, the more and more I sit with it, I'm like, first of all, like high blood pressure runs in my family. Like, I can't be doing all of that. I don't want to be on medication. There's too much at risk for us to just be going off the way we be going off, guys. Like, seriously, do you ever pay attention to how I've been meditating? I've been doing the Wim Hof, like breathing. I got a video on YouTube uh, and I've just been doing the breathing. I said, that shit feels Good. I feel amazing. I want to feel like that all the time. I want to be at peace all the time for as much as I possibly can. So if somebody's coming at me and they're just like, ah, rah, 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 I'm really more and more, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't like all that. There's, your, there's like a vein popping out of your forehead. Why would I want to match that? That is unhealthy. That is unhealthy. And it's not cute. And that shit stresses you out and it ages you. And I'm not about that life. And honestly, more and more, I'm going to lean into that every time I'm ready. Like, let's fucking go. But the opposite, <laughs> like from now on, like anytime somebody's just like, ah, oh, I'm upset and they're coming at me crazy. I'm just be like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, 
I'm sorry. And it seems like I'm being submissive and it seems, it may seem like I'm being submissive and it may seem like I'm weaker, but you know what it doesn't seem like? It doesn't seem like me about to have a fucking heart attack. <laughs> like It seems like I'm still at peace, right? So if I've got to say, I'm sorry, and just remove myself from the situation for me to stay at peace, for me to maintain that feeling of like, ah, oh, life is good. Um, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> it doesn't take anything away from me. Call me a bitch. Call me a punk. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to be a punk. I'm going to be a punk. That's fine. Whatever. But you know what? I'm a chill, cool, happy punk. All right. And that's that. Oh, I got like 30 seconds. I feel like I should talk some more before I go. Because I want it to be like nice round 30 minutes. What 20 seconds yet. Oh, I was talking about Eve and Cain and Lucifer. I'll talk about this in another episode. I'll do another episode. I don't know why I looked at we are. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for watching. I don't think I'm going to make it. To th At this point, it's just, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Peace is priceless. Thanks for watching.